Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Hello and welcome to Life in Colorado. I'm your host, Louis Gonzalez, and with me this week is Tamaya Jackson, Executive Director for the Heart and Hand Center. And the Heart and Hand Center provides nurturing long-term support for 3rd to 12th grade youth in Northeast Denver through daily after-school and summer programming. Ms. Jackson, hello. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the show. How are you? Oh, I'm doing quite well, quite well. Uh, thank you for agreeing to be on the show. And uh, I love what your organization does. So, But first, um, Tamaya, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about your history, and then how you came to the Heart and Hand Center. Absolutely. So the Heart and Hand Center has been providing comprehensive out-of-school time supports for students in Northeast Denver since 2010. We started as a tiny little organization on the corner of 28th and Wilson, which is actually in the historical district of Five Points. And for us, we really wanted to just kind of be a safe place for working families to be able to have their students have access to high quality, stable, consistent childcare during um, the times when they were at work. And so that's really how we started. Within the first two years of our organization being in that location on Walton Street, we started to grow and we actually approached our first school to ask them if they would be interested in us having our program located at their school. And to this day, we actually still run our program services there. Um, Since 2010, we've actually expanded the services that we provide to be able to include middle school programming, as well as we have a career and college readiness program that really works with students as young as ninth grade, really wanting them to think about what does life look like post-secondary education. Um, And so during during that program, we are taking time exploring career options as well as post-secondary education. For some of our students, when they come to us, they know exactly what their path in life is going to be. And for others, they have no idea. Right. And no matter where students are, that's totally fine. We just want to meet them where they are, mm-hmm. expose them to a variety of different things to help them figure out what that path is going to look like. And as well as um, continuing to check on their social emotional learning um, state, because we all need access to caring adults in our lives. And then our latest program is actually our family development program, which kind of is designed to serve the community at large, um, ensuring that we are uh, covering basic needs such as clothing and food. We do have a community fridge that's open 24-7. 365, and that is an initiative that is driven not only by our organization, but also our partner organizations such as the Denver Food Rescue and We Don't Waste, and then the generosity of the community. I love when I see the students who are right down the street. Um, They will bring their leftover 
snacks from the school day and put them in our fridge. And that's their way of being able to see how their small contribution has an impact on the larger community at whole. Um, I've had the privilege of serving as the executive director here at Heart and Hand for the past two years. My background is in secondary education and English, as well as nonprofit um, and in the education sector. And so I was a student who you know, attended outer school time programs when I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. And for me, the work really comes full circle. I'm able to take my skill set and be able to fundraise to provide opportunities for our next generation, which I think is so crucial. Now, uh, as you were pursuing your studies, did you ever think of a more traditional sort of approach as to where you would apply those degrees? Did you ever plan on being a teacher when you were younger? Yes. Um, my long-term goal, I feel like um, when I was younger, I had this plan where I was going to be a teacher. I was going to teach for five years. I was going to go back to school, get my master's degree, and to be a principal, and then eventually run for superintendent. Wow. And so, yes, I did go back to school. I got my master's degree, but, you know, the path for me kind of changed a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, you know, obtain my degree in secondary education in English. I actually taught health education and not English um, back in Pittsburgh, and, you know, so I did get to achieve some, a lot of my goals that I had when I was a child, but they right. just shifted as I became an adult. So tell me, how has Heart and Hand evolved from its, I would say, humble beginnings in a small house to its uh, current state supporting nearly 300 students across multiple programs and sites? You know, for us, you know, the evolution and the growth is really, uh, it wouldn't be possible without us being centered in the community. And so for us really being able to have youth voice and family voice involved in every facet of our organization is something that's extremely um, important to us. And so, you know, we pride ourselves on being an organization that is responsive to the needs of the community, as well as creating those opportunities for people from our community to give back. Um, You know, we do have employees on staff who their kids actually were once in our program Mm -hmm. and to actually have them be able to utilize their lived experience and bring that to be able to build authentic connections and relationships, not only with our students, but their families, but the community at large is something that I think is, um, it's amazing. It's one of the things I really love about our organization. Um, In addition to that, a lot of the work we do also wouldn't be possible without the generous support of our donors who believe in the mission, um, who see the vision of what we're trying to achieve and continue to invest their dollars in the heart and hand, um, as well as investing in our youth, um, our youth, our future. And so if we are not investing them, um, who knows what the next, you know, what the future holds. Right. Now, it seems like what you're doing with the Heart and Hand Center is something beyond what I grew up with, which was... Oh, boy. Well, looks like summer school again. So tell me <laughs> tell me how that's different from from uh, from what you were doing. Yeah, um, I mean, I think when you think about summer camp experiences in general, um, it's kind of either very enrichment based or it's more academic focused. Sure. And so in our programs, we strive to really be able to bridge that summer learning loss, which essentially is also known as the backslide that students experience. So Mm -hmm. a lot of the knowledge and the content they learn over the school year is then lost because they're not engaging their brains. Um, 
during the summer. So for us in our programs, we do spend some time focusing on academics in the morning. It's important that we have just right instruction for our students. They're really wanting to understand where the students leave in the school year. So if there's ways for us to be able to help um, bridge some of the gaps, whether it be like around essential skills, even introducing students to curriculum that they're going to experience in the upcoming school year. Um, our program is really able to cater to students in that way. And then we have a ton of enrichment experiences that are built into our programming mm -hmm. um, in the afternoons. And that's anything from going on field trips to um, arts and crafts and, you know, cooking classes. There's just a lot of different things. But most importantly for us, we want to ensure that we are getting student voice and choice. And so all of our programs are designed around what the students want to experience in the summer. And you believe they are open to giving us feedback and we truly value that feedback. And then we utilize that in order to create our programming. And I would say that's the big thing that makes our program different. I'm here with Tamaya Jackson, the executive director for the Heart and Hand Center, which provides nurturing long-term support for third to 12th grade youth in Northeast Denver through daily after school and summer programming. Now, I remember when I was a kid, uh, there were a lot of uh, latchkey children, which meant that uh, your parents wouldn't pick you up. They wouldn't be at home. You would just go straight from your uh, the school to your house, pretty much. And I just remember sort of not doing anything until my parents came. I mean, I wouldn't start homework until at least uh, I saw a familiar face coming in through that door. So uh, tell me, how do uh, your programs kind of... Um, prevent that because I know for a fact that uh, you know I I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to learn anything you know from school I would just want to watch uh, you know afternoon cartoons on a TV uh, I mean you know obviously I definitely am familiar with latchkey kids and students that you know go home um, and no one's there and who knows what type of things they're getting into and some students are choosing to you know spend their afternoons on social um, or playing video games. And right. while I'm not saying that those things are completely bad, mm -hmm. we do know that, you know, students are most vulnerable between the hours of three and six. Yes. We also know that our city has seen an uptick in youth violence. And so having safe places for students to be like heart and hand, essentially trying to combat all of those things. And so students have access to caring adults. Maybe there are things that happen during the school day that they haven't really had a safe place or person to be able to process through those things. And so we create that through our social emotional learning check-ins each and every day. Um, we have social emotional rituals that are designed to help students tap into how they're feeling and be able to process through things, as well as they're building empathy. They're mm. connecting with their peers in a different setting or a different environment to be able to understand, hey, I'm not alone in what I'm feeling or I'm thinking, or I can kind of relate to that, or maybe that experience doesn't match my life experience. Mm -hmm. However, I, I can, you know, I can empathize with you on that. And so I think that, you know, students being in this structured, um, but safe out of school time environment is so critical um, for all of our students and youth. And actually, there's a study that was done by the After School Association that shows that one, for every one student who's enrolled in an out-of-school time program in Colorado, there's five students who are on a wait list. Wow. And so there is a huge gap and such a, a need um, that needs to be filled. And I think having our students have a safe place will ultimately help with their mental health as well as giving them a safe place to be and hopefully connecting them to their community. Absolutely. So how does Heart and Hand address the academic needs of students from 
low-income households during the summer months? So in our program, we're providing students with one hour of math enrichment daily, Monday through Friday, as well as one hour of reading, writing, um, ELA enrichment as well. So our students from low-income backgrounds are receiving, you know, uh, five hours of academic content. Mm. Our summer programs run anywhere between six to eight weeks. And so, as you can imagine, that's a huge thing right. um, that students are able to get. And we also have small group instruction. I mentioned earlier around just right instruction. Mm-hmm. And so, as we start to get to know what students' strengths are and what areas they need additional support, we're able to provide more of a tutoring um, type of service or enrichment for those students at no cost to the families to really help to get them up to speed to where they need to be so that they're able to be on par with their peers. Can you elaborate on the visits to workplaces and colleges and how they contribute to the students' uh, future planning and success? Absolutely. Our career and college readiness program really works with students starting in ninth grade. Um, We are focusing on career exploration. And so we are fortunate to be able to partner with a variety of different, um, you know, individuals from various career fields. Um, Our students are able to show up in those spaces and understand, like, what does an actual workday look like for Mm. working adults? Everything from having to, you know, uh, be on time to, uh, you know, doing things such as uh, showing up for meetings, taking notes, all of those things. We also recently started our junior program leader program, which we call JPL. Um, That program works with our students in the CCR program and provides them with a a 10-hour-a-week internship experience where they're either volunteering at our Family Resource Center on Wilton Street or with one of our programs. And sometimes they're doing even administrative tasks at our office location as well, too. And so students are able to learn some very vital and critical uh, workplace skills mm-hmm. in a safe space where they're able to get that one-on-one coaching before right. they go out into the real world. And so I think that is something that's really cool and unique about our organization. And that's something that we just started this last year. And we hope to continue to expand upon that because we want our young people to be prepared to enter into the workforce. Mm. And I can tell you some of the real cool conversations we've had from that is I remember when a couple of students got their first paycheck and they're like, well, I work so many hours and them uh, not understanding our taxes are being taken out. And right. so us having to have that conversation around. Yeah. So this is a real thing that happens and this is what it means. And so, you know, I don't know if there's another place where students will learn those things um, in such a caring and nurturing environment. And so that was really the whole design behind our junior program, leader program. So, you know, that's something that uh, I certainly would have benefited from uh, 30 or so years ago, back when I was a kid, uh, just learning what the real world is like after you leave school. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm really glad you're providing that. So uh, what are um, what some of the individualized support and guidance to emerging leaders in ninth grade uh, do you provide? Um, for our younger students, really, um, you know, the, the transition between middle school and high school is scary. Yes. Um, and I don't know if we're doing a good enough job of preparing our students for that. You know, I think a lot of times students are trying to figure out who they are as individuals in this, you know, huge environment. And so helping them understand what self-awareness looks like, what self-regulation, how to have empathy for others, how to um, advocate for themselves. Those are really things that we're focusing on in ninth grade as well as 
goes beyond um, with our students. And so, you know, you mentioned earlier that students are able to come to us as early as third grade. And so really, if a student stays with us um, for the duration of our program, we yeah. hope that by the time they graduate, that they are uh, have a lot of resources and tools and skills to really be able to be prepared to be an adult in this world. Right. Exactly. So um, tell us about the uh, the newest program that provides uh, wraparound supports to the entire family. How, do, how does that work and what services are offered there? So our family development program, we wrote the logic model for that back um, in 2019. Okay. We were always really doing kind of family support, you know, as we really started to work with students, we started to find that not only does our work just you know, working with the students, providing safe places for them to be during out of school time. But parents would come and they would want to, you know, ask for support on how to do different things, whether it be um, how to sign up for SNAP benefits or how to, you know, work on being a documented um, individual living in this country. And so we were always kind of doing the work. And so for us, we wanted to be more intentional around what those supports were actually going to look like. So we wrote the logic model in 2019. We actually launched the program during the pandemic. Mm. And so um, at that time, our primary focus was really on just connecting the community at large to the resources and information um, around the pandemic. And so we started our Wednesday walk-up program, which is a no-cost grocery program that allows anyone in the community to be able to come up and shop for groceries. Um, And at the time, we were also offering cleaning supplies Since then, um, our program has expanded where we do kind of um, offer that at our school partner sites. And then we have diapers and clothes. And it's it's really a beautiful thing to kind of see all the community resources coming together to be able to support individuals. And, you know, at our walk-up Wednesday programs, we're serving anywhere between 150 to 250 individuals a week. Wow. Um, so it's a lot of different people coming in to get those resources. And that's on top of our community fridge that's open 24-7, 365. I think that uh, resource has given people an opportunity to not only use the resources, but to be able to give as well. Um, and as well as our community closet, we find that the food and the clothing industries are two of our most wasteful industries mm-hmm. here in the U.S. And right. so really we're trying to decrease um, waste in those two industries as well. So um, in addition to that, we also have the wellness winning that comes. Um, this is a resource through the Department of Human Services. They're able to provide things to the community, such as ID vouchers, um, so that people can get IDs. Um, they're able to support with some low-level mental health crises mm-hmm. interventions that are right. happening as well. Um, we also offer Narcan, and we have done trainings wow. to the community about how to administer Narcan, okay. um, if that's something that you need to do. So there's a lot of low-level Tier 1 supports. And then we also have our Intensive Family Supports Program. And that program is a little bit different. It's more case management. So we're able mm. to work with the families of the students who are enrolled in one of our other programs up to 10 hours a week to really identify the strengths of that family as a whole and determine what are the goals that they want to set for long-term sustainability. And so I think being able to help families come from a strength-based perspective instead of a deficit is also something that we wanted to be very intentional around. And then we do use a screening tool and assessment that was provided to us 
through our partnership with the Family Resource Center Association. And I do want to name that Heart and Hand is one of 32 other organizations throughout the state of Colorado who is utilizing this specific tool to be able to do this work with families. I'm speaking with Tamaya Jackson, Executive Director for Heart and Hand Center. Heart and Hand Center provides nurturing long-term support for 3rd to 12th grade youth in Northeast Denver through daily after-school and summer programming. So, Tommy, uh, Tamaya, how does Heart and Hand measure and evaluate the impact of its programs on the students and families it serves? Um, well, we're constantly always looking for ways to be better at the work that we do and obviously ways to be able to show the impact we're having. We utilize a variety of different assessments um, to be able to show this impact. We have our internal, external evaluations. We also partner with the Denver After School Alliance to do um, youth screeners um, that essentially allow us to be able to access our data in real time. Through our social emotional learning curriculum, we're actually able to evaluate our students um, after each lesson to be able to understand the trends that we're seeing so that we can monitor and adjust as we need to. So if something's coming up that maybe we hadn't planned for, Mm -hmm. we can be flexible and adaptable in that way. And so um, we also do focus groups with our families. We have a lot of formal and informal conversations. We work with our staff um, to be able to get their feedback and the students as well, too. So um, it's a lot of conversations, a lot of data analysis, a lot of data collection. Um, My data team (laughs) will tell you that um, we are very busy. um, But, you know, this work, you have to be able to measure the impact and show um, how the funds are actually having an impact on the community. So are there any plans for future expansion or the introduction of New programs at uh, Heart and Hand? Yeah, um, we are actually looking to add another school site this fall that is outside of the Five Points community. Um, Just in us analyzing um, where our students are coming to us from, we have been able to identify a particular community that is still a part of Northeast Denver. Um, We've had really phenomenal conversations with the school administration, and we're really excited. Um, We've also done community feedback um, to be able to understand kind of what does it actually mean for us to kind of bring our program to this new community Mm. and trying to understand what the needs of that community is before we just go in um, and say, like, this is what we're going to do. We just want to make sure that we're being intentional around those things. And so there is plans for growth and expansion. And also um, for me, when I talk about my long-term vision for Heart and Hand, I really want Heart and Hand to be synonymous with out-of-school time programming. Mm -hmm. So I really want us to be in all major and rural school districts throughout the state of Colorado. So for anybody out there listening right now and thinking, oh boy, well, that sounds like a fantastic organization I got to get involved. What kind of volunteer opportunities are available for individuals or groups who want to support Heart and Hand's mission? Absolutely. There's lots of ways to get involved with the organization. You can do anything from working one-on-one directly with our students. Um, if you're an organization that wants to host a field trip, we're totally open to that. We have we love to bring workshop providers in, whether it's for a one-time um, classroom experience or a multi-day experience for our students. The more volunteer opportunities uh, 
that you want to be involved in investment, we are totally open. And the one thing that I really love about us is that we don't have a one-size-fits-all. For me, I really want to make sure that we are customizing the experience based off the group that is volunteering with us. And so if you want to get in touch, please do. I encourage you to reach out, and then we can curate an experience that is going to be meaningful for all parties involved. So how can the community, businesses, and individuals contribute to the success and sustainability of Heart and Hands programs? Yeah, there's lots of ways to get involved um, in terms of sustainability. You can go to our website, which is www.heartandhandscenter, and that's Heart and Hands spelled L-A-N-D, dot O-R-G, heartandhandscenter.org. You can hit the uh, donate button that's located in the top right-hand corner of our website. You can give at any level. Um, if you want to reach out to me directly, all of my contact information is on our website as well. We have a plethora of campaigns throughout the school year, um, throughout the year actually, that go on that you can contribute to. And then we also have our annual gala coming up on Friday, November 3rd, called Night and Light. This is our biggest fundraiser of the year, and really all the proceeds from this particular event ensure that we have the funding that we need to be able to run our programs year-round. That is on Friday, November 3rd at the Four Seasons. All information for that event is on our website as well. And lastly, since we're coming up on time, Tamaya, is there anything else you'd like our listeners to know about Heart and Hand and the important work it does in the community? I would say that Heart and Hand is an organization that is really about relationships. And when we continue to look at our data, when we talk to our students, our families, our community stakeholders, the relationships are the key thing that makes our organization different and has a standout. And so it's something I'm extremely proud of. And I hope that you will consider learning more about us and to learn more about the Heart and Hand Center please feel free to visit our website at www.heartenhancecenter.org. It is my privilege to be able to serve as the executive director of this organization. That was Tamaya Jackson. She is the executive director for the Heart and Hand Center, which provides nurturing long-term support for 3rd to 12th grade youth in Northeast Denver through daily after-school and summer programming. Tamaya, why don't you go ahead and give out that uh, website again? Yeah, to visit us and learn more about the Heart and Hand Center, you can do that online at www.heartandhandcenter.org. Tamaya, thank you so much for uh, being on the show today and for being a part of life in Colorado. Thank you so much for having us. It has been my absolute pleasure. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.